0: To enjoy the peace and the prosperity and the freedom that we so richly enjoy here and and often I think take for granted. And some people are so desperate that they would risk their lives uh, taking a, a journey across on the boat. And so what we see, and I think we know this in Australia, that countries are important, right? But even more important than the country that we come from or even the country that we live in is the kingdom that we belong in. And I'm not talking about an earthly kingdom like the United Kingdom or something like that, but the spiritual kingdom, whether we belong to the kingdom of God. And hopefully as we look at Luke chapter 11, uh, you'll see that as we go through. But the passage begins in a very kind of uh, ordinary way for the life of Jesus. Uh, He goes along, he finds a man who is mute. The reason he's mute is because he's possessed by a demon. So Jesus drives out the demon, the man begins to speak and the crowd is amazed. Now, for us, that sounds quite extraordinary, right? But for Jesus, it's kind of an ordinary day in his life because what we see all through Luke's gospel is Jesus driving out demons. So Luke chapter 4, he's driving out demons in Galilee. Luke chapter 6, people from Judea, Jerusalem, Tyre and Sidon all come to Jesus so that demons can be driven from them. Uh, Luke chapter 8, he's driving out demons in the region of the Gerasenes. There's Mary Magdalene who's had seven demons come out of her. Luke chapter 9, he gives authority to his disciples to drive out demons. And so when we come to Luke chapter 11, we see Jesus driving out a demon. Uh, In some ways, we shouldn't be surprised. But the thing that really stands out in this passage is the significance of that, Uh, what it meant for Jesus to drive out demons. And hopefully uh, you'll see that as we go through. And it comes out in the various reactions to what has happened. So have a look with me uh, at verse 14 chapter 11 verse 14 now he was driving out a demon that was mute when the demon came out the man who had been mute spoke and the crowds were amazed but some of them said "He drives out demons by Beelzebul the ruler of the demons and others as a test were demanding of him a sign from heaven Now that uh, people asking for a sign, Jesus kind of uh, interacts with them a little bit later in the chapter. So you might see down in uh, verse 29, which we're not going to look at tonight, but you uh, may want to look back over in your own time. Uh, But instead we'll focus particularly on verse 15 and that accusation there, that Jesus drives out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Now this uh, Beelzebul is just another name for Satan. Satan. Now, the name Satan means an adversary, the one who is opposed to God. Or another name for, for the devil. Now, the name devil means a slanderer or accuser. And so the accusation against Jesus is that he is driving out demons by the power of Satan. And as Jesus hears this and, and knowing what they're thinking, he says, that's a ridiculous thing to say. I mean, how can I drive out demons by the ruler of the demons. It just doesn't make sense. So have a look, verse 17. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say I drive out demons by Beelzebul. So you can see pretty clear what's Jesus saying. Uh, it's a, quite a ridiculous thing to say that Jesus is driving out demons by the power of satan but while jesus kind of refutes their accusation he also affirms something he affirms that satan is real too that satan has power and that he has a kingdom see look with me again at, at verse 18 jesus says if satan also is divided against himself how will his kingdom stand and yet the point that jesus is saying is that well satan isn't divided against himself which would suggest to us that satan's kingdom still stands uh, and this is something that we we'll really need to come to terms with as we continue looking at the passage but before we do that i just want to draw your attention to verse 19 because remember jesus who has been accused that he's driving out demons by the power of satan Well, in verse 19 he gives a second reason well that's a really kind of dumb thing to say and that is that there are other Jewish people driving out demons. And so if the accusation comes against Jesus that he's driving out demons by the power of Satan, then you can make the same accusation against them. And if they hear that, then they won't be happy. Have a look. Verse 19, And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, who is it your sons drive them out by? For this reason they will be your judges. And so what we see is that Jesus, he's no ordinary person, Right? He's not an ordinary person. He's driven out demons. And yet if he's not from Satan, then where is he from? Well, Jesus really answers that question in verse 20. Have a look. Verse 20, Jesus says, If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Now, clearly Jesus thinks that this is true, that he is driving out demons by the finger of God. And this is to show that God's kingdom has come. And so here we have another kingdom unseen. We've seen the kingdom of Satan a little bit earlier and now the kingdom of God, these two unseen kingdoms. Now one of the things that's really interesting, I think, in verse 20 is that Jesus says he drives out demons by the finger of God. That's quite a kind of unusual thing for Jesus to say. You know, we might expect him to, talk about driving out demons by the hand of god or the spirit of god but instead he says the finger of god and this is not something that uh, the bible talks about much you might think back in the old testament you know god uh, writing out the ten commandments by his finger okay that's one place another place is in the book of exodus so you might remember god's people uh, they're in egypt they're slaves under pharaoh Uh, moses is sent by god to rescue his people so Moses comes before Pharaoh, he, he throws his staff on the ground, it becomes a snake. But then interestingly, the Egyptian magicians, they do the same thing. And then there's a series of signs or plagues which are sent by God to show that he's the one true God. So first we have the, the river that's turned to blood, but again the magicians, these Egyptian magicians, are able to repeat that. Then there's a plague of frogs, but again the Egyptians, uh, magicians are able to repeat it. And then thirdly, a plague of gnats. But at that point, the Egyptian magicians cannot repeat what Moses has done. Uh, And this is what they say to Pharaoh. They say, oh, there we go. They say, this is the finger of God. The magician said to Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's heart hardened and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. And see, back in the time of Moses, uh, by him doing these incredible things, the people to recognise. Sorry, as Moses was doing these incredible things, these Egyptian magicians, they realised that he was from God. They recognised the finger of God in what he was doing, and so they recognised that he had come from God. But Pharaoh, on the other hand, his heart was hardened. And hopefully you can see how that's the same in the time of Jesus. As he drives out demons by the finger of God, he is showing that he is sent from God, that God's kingdom has come with him. And interestingly, I think there's a bit of a rebuke here for those who accuse him of coming from Satan because that's what Pharaoh did. His heart was hardened and so he didn't recognise the truth. And of course, friends, we know that's true to still today, don't we? And we know people who have come to investigate the claims of Jesus, perhaps looked at Luke's gospel, has carefully recorded these things for us, and yet as they see him driving out demons, they do not accept that he is from God and that with him the kingdom of God comes. And so like Pharaoh, their hearts are hardened. And yet the, the focus of this passage is not so much on the way that people respond to Jesus, but upon the reality That as he drives out demons by the finger of God, it shows the reality that with Jesus, God's kingdom has come. And we see this in this little story that Jesus tells about a a strong man guarding possessions in his estate. So you can imagine uh, Jesus, he's speaking in the first century at a time that didn't have the same kind of police force that we have today. They didn't have electronic security alarms and all that kind of thing. And so people were much more responsible for their own security. So we have this strong man. He has some possessions in his estate. If he wants to keep them safe, well, he's got to equip himself for a fight. And so we see this strong man is is well-equipped with armour and weapons. I think people will be thinking about a Roman soldier. Maybe, Ross, if we can skip to the next one. Keep going. Yes, you can see a a Roman soldier here with his armour, his shield and his weapons. Uh, I think this is the kind of picture uh, that was in people's minds. Thanks, Ross. And so you can see while the strong man is there, while he is guarding his possessions, then everything is safe. But if one comes who is stronger than the strong man, who overcomes him, takes away his armour, takes away his weapons... Then they can freely come in and take the possessions, right? And what Jesus is saying is that Satan is that strong man, and yet Jesus is the one who is strong. Oh, Jesus is the one who is stronger. He has overcome Satan, and so he is free to take his possessions. But that kind of begs the question: if, well, Satan is the strong man, well what are these possessions? Well at that point we need to remember you know Jesus is standing there teaching the crowd with these things but standing next to Jesus is a man who was mute and David sorry, Jesus has just driven a demon out from him and so what we see is that as Jesus comes and drives out demons by the finger of God he is rescuing people from the kingdom of Satan and so what we see are these possessions that Satan is guarding are people people enslaved him and yet as jesus comes driving out demons by the finger of god he overthrows the strong man and establishes the kingdom of god Uh, we saw this actually a couple of weeks ago actually quite a few weeks ago when we looked at luke chapter 10 you might remember jesus uh, sent out the 70 disciples they go out driving demons they come back rejoicing and as they do jesus says this to them He says, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a lightning flash. So what we see in the life and ministry of Jesus and his disciples, as they drive out demons, they are overthrowing the strong man. And in Jesus, God's kingdom comes. And we see this, I think, most uh, completely at the end of Jesus' life. See, what is the power of Satan? Well, he has the power to accuse, to accuse us of sin, and yet as Jesus died in the cross, he took upon himself the penalty for our sin, at taking it away, at defeating the power of Satan. And I think uh, this is what we see in Colossians chapter 2. Ross, if we can go to the next one. Uh, Paul writes this, that he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us, and it is taken out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by him. And this touches on this theme of victory that we see all through the New Testament, that through Jesus' life, his death and resurrection, that he has overcome our three great enemies. He has defeated sin, he has defeated death and he has defeated Satan. And how do we see it? Well, it all began in the life and ministry of Jesus. Verse 20, If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. And this is really important for us to remember as Christians because what it reminds us is that, well, as Christians, we have nothing to fear. We, need nothing, sorry, we, we don't need to fear anything, whether seen or unseen. the reality is, is as you talk to different people from our community, uh, you will meet people, perhaps people here today, for whom they are terrified of things unseen, terrified of spiritual things. And yet, friends, we can tell them the great news that Jesus has overcome the strong man. He has overcome Satan, the ruler of demons. But it's all this kind of talk of you know victory, of Jesus overcoming, the kingdom of God being established. As we hear all these things, we think, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool, right? But does it square with the reality? I mean, we look out at our world today and we see really awful things. We see terrible suffering, sickness, disease, death. We see hatred and violence, violence even against Christians, against God's own people. And as we see this, we think, well, is Jesus really the one who has overcame Satan? But friends, as we see this, we shouldn't be surprised. Because what the Bible says is that while God's kingdom has been established in Jesus, we are still waiting for it to be fully revealed. And so we look forward to the time when he will come. And just to kind of help us think through this, I thought I'd show you a bit of a, a diagram It's going to come up uh, on the screen, uh, it's called the overlap of the ages or something like that. Um, Ross, you're going to need to be on the ball for this. Okay, keep going. All right, so here we have, uh, this is a timeline, okay? Uh, the present age, the evil age, uh, where uh, sin and death and Satan, the kingdom of Satan, reign. Okay, it all began in the fall, uh, when Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God. But we know that Jesus came. Yep, okay, so there's the cross, his life, death and resurrection. And when that, he established the age to come, established the kingdom of God, which will keep going, continue until eternity. And this was established at the first coming of Jesus, right? That's the good news. It's been established in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. But we know that we are still waiting for it to be fully revealed. So if we go to the next one, which will happen at the return of Jesus. And also when Jesus returns, to go to the next one, that will be the end of this present age, the end of the kingdom of Satan. And so for us today, we live in the overlap of the ages. So you can see there in the middle. And if you go to the next one, okay, now I've put us us here. I don't actually know where we are, okay? (laughs) Just to be clear. Um, I'm not saying there's, you know... I don't know, a fifth of time left to go. I put a question mark just to kind of make that clear. But the point is that that is the time that we live. And I think that's really helpful for us to remember as we live in this world. Because what we see is that we live in this overlap of the ages. Uh, There is still a time where Satan has uh, some power, Uh, he's still uh, operative in our world. And in fact, we see that, I think, even in Luke's gospel. See, Uh, In Luke's Gospel, we see Luke chapter uh, 11. Uh, That's what we're looking at today. Jesus has overcome the strong man. But then in Luke 22, well, Judas betrays Jesus. And Luke tells us that was because Satan entered into him. So we see Satan still at work. Or in Acts chapter 5, we see Ananias and Sapphira, those who lie to the apostles. And Peter says to them, Well, why has Satan entered into your heart? Or even more clearly, I think in, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, uh, which the youth looked at at Fit Camp, uh, it says this. Oh, hang on. It says, uh, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Say so that again, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And so particularly particularly for us, as we look at our world, we see that Satan is very much active. Or we may not see, or we may see the kind of things you might see if you watch kind of TV, those spectacular kind of things. But what we do see is we see many people blinded to the truth. And so, friends, the reality is, is that Satan is very much active. Uh, We live in the overlap of the ages. And so, friends, we need to be cautious in that, Uh, remembering that Satan is still at work, particularly blinding people to the truth. And yet as we're confronted with that reality, we can be reminded that Jesus has already established the age to come. The kingdom of God is already established. And so we can look back with confidence to the life and death and resurrection of jesus we can look back to luke chapter 11 and seeing jesus driving out demons by the finger of god and be assured that with jesus god's kingdom has come and friends that is the great news that we know as christians But as we talk about these two kind of ages, these two kingdoms, kingdoms—you know, the the present age and the age to come, as we talk about the the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, the, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God, the question we kind of need to think about is, well, which one are we part of? Are we part of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light? And I think when people hear these two choices, they think, okay, well, Maybe I'm not part of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of Satan, I mean, that sounds very dramatic. And so a lot of people think or say that they're kind of in the middle, the kind of middle ground. But when people say that, or perhaps if you're here tonight and and you think that, that you're in the middle ground, it's just about kind of being a good person and getting on with life, then I think you really need to take heed of verse 23. Have a look with me there, verse 23. Jesus says anyone who is not with me is against me and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. See what we see here is there is no middle ground. There is no fence to sit on. If you are not with Jesus then you are against him. And friends I realize this is kind of a very hard word to say but what that means if if you are sitting here and you have not yet turned to Jesus if you are not yet part of the kingdom of god then you are part of the kingdom of satan you are part of the kingdom of darkness you are under his rule and i realize that's a very kind of a confronting thing to say but i think that's what jesus says in these verses here but as we see that friends the great news is that you can change you can move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light well, by turning to Jesus, by putting your trust in him and accepting him as your Lord and Saviour. our uh, Friends, that is the great news uh, that we see here. And to really kind of uh, drive home the seriousness of what Jesus is speaking about, uh, he tells this kind of a, a parable about an unclean spirit or, or a kind of a demon. Now, as Jesus says this story, we should remember again that standing next to Jesus, right, is a man who has just had a demon driven out of him. Okay, he's he's standing there, he's listening to the words of Jesus. People are looking at him as they hear these words of Jesus. And this is what he says. Verse twenty four. He says, When an unclean spirit or a demon comes out of a man, it roams through waterless places looking for rest. And not finding rest, it then says, I'll go back to my house where I came from. And returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and settle down there. As a result, that man's last condition is worse than the first. Now you can imagine... For the man standing here, he's just have a demon driven out of him and he hears these words of Jesus. I mean, that's terrifying, isn't it? Here again he says, that man's last condition is worse than the first. And what Jesus is saying here, friends, is that however much we might think we've escaped the clutches of Satan, the only place to find peace and safety is with Jesus. With the one who overcomes the strong man, who takes away his armour which he trusted in. Friends, it's in Jesus and being part of the kingdom of God. That is the only place that we might find peace and safety. When the last two verses of the passage we're looking at, Jesus uh, reminds us of how we enter into the kingdom. Have a look at me, verse 27. As he was saying these things, a woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, The womb that bore you and the one who nursed you are blessed. But Jesus said, Even more, those who hear the word of God and keep it are blessed. And so friends, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, well, you need to hear the word of God and keep it. And what have we heard tonight? Well, Jesus is the one who who overcomes he's the one who overcomes the strong man and so we need to turn to him we need to accept him as our savior and our lord and friends can i encourage you if you have not yet done that as we hear these words from jesus i hope that it will encourage you and to take that step but for us who have already done that who have already moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light for those who are followers of jesus Well, friends, we can rejoice, rejoice in the work that God has done in us. And we can be confident as we live in this overlap of the ages. We can be confident that we need not fear anything, whether seen or unseen. And yet, of course, friends, we want to share this good news with those around us. As we look out in our community, we see people from all different types of countries people who have come from all these different places to live in Australia. We see people of all different ages. We see people who support different footy teams, the bunnies and the bulldogs. And yet, friends, for all their differences, we know that there are only two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There is the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And so, friends, we want to work hard at sharing this great news of Jesus with those around us, regardless of who they are. And as we do it, we do it confidently and prayerfully, praying to our Father in heaven, praying to Jesus, knowing that he is the one who has overcome the strong man. He has overcome the strong man, the strong man who has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And so as we share this message, we pray. We pray to our Father in heaven and pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Why don't we join together and pray now? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.